Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. This is going to be an awesome episode because I'm interviewing Sam Troll, who is the co-founder of the Sloth Institute in Costa Rica. I know we're all going to learn a lot from her. So time to really slow it down because we're talking about sloths. So there are six different species of sloths, and they're divided into two categories, two-fingered or three-fingered sloths. They can also be referred to as two-toed or three-toed sloths, but the difference in their digits is not in their toes, but in their front limbs. The two-fingered sloth has two digits on their front limbs, and the three-fingered sloth has three digits. Interestingly enough, both of these types of sloths have three digits on their hind legs. Another difference between them is that two-fingered sloths are nocturnal, while three-fingered sloths are diurnal, meaning that they're active during the day. And sloths are only found in Central and South America in the rainforests. But thousands of years ago, an ancestor of the modern sloth lived in North America. It was called the giant ground sloth. This sloth did not live in trees, and it was about 10 feet tall and weighed over 2,000 pounds. Anyways, back to modern-day sloths. A sloth's closest relatives are actually anteaters, and in the wild, sloths can live around 20 to 30 years depending on the species, but there's still a lot of research to be done about their lifespan. And sloths weigh around 15 to 20 pounds, but what's crazy is that about a third of that weight can be attributed to just their stomachs. They spend most of their time in trees, And they have a lot of really cool adaptations that help them survive up there. But we're going to get into that when I sit down with Sam. On a sloth's front and hind limbs, they have really long claws that are curved. And these claws can be around 4 inches long in some species. They help mostly with hanging from trees. But what's really interesting is that a sloth's claws aren't really claws at all. They're actually very elongated finger bones. Most animals' claws are made up of a substance called keratin, which is actually the same stuff that makes up our fingernails. But sloths' claws are made up mainly of their bones, with a layer of keratin on the outside. And there's some research that suggests that sloths are able to pick up vibrations using their claws, and this can help them detect if a predator is nearby. This is important because sloths don't have the best hearing or eyesight, so they have to rely on their sense of touch and smell. For example, male sloths are known to mark trees with their scent using a scent gland. Also, although sloths are known for being sleepy, new research shows that they don't sleep as much as we once thought they did. It was originally thought that sloths in the wild sleep for around 15 hours a day, but now it's believed that they only sleep for around 9 hours a day. 
The difference in data could be due to the fact that the older studies were only researching sloths that lived in captivity and not in the wild. Either way, sloths sleep a little bit more than humans do, and this is because sleeping helps them conserve energy. Okay, so there's a lot more really cool information about sloths to be learned, so we're going to take a break. And after the break, I'm sitting down with Sam Troll to delve deeper into the lives of these amazing creatures. Time for a trivia question. Which of these animals has the fastest punch in the animal kingdom? A, the mantis shrimp, B, the praying mantis, C, kangaroos, or D, humans? The answer is A, the mantis shrimp can throw a punch as fast as 50 miles per hour. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on and uh, thanks for coming to spread some knowledge about sloths. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the sloths, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I um, am from Durham, North Carolina originally, and I did my undergraduate degree in zoology at North Carolina State University. And then I did my graduate degree, a master's in primate conservation at Oxford Brookes University in the UK. Um, and I basically, I got my start with, with animals when I was a little teenager um, who went to intern at a place called the Duke Lemur Center, and that's in Durham, North Carolina. And I basically just became obsessed with lemurs <laughs> um, and stayed there for... 12 years and wow. then started to branch out and went on some different expeditions to um, various places in West Africa to Madagascar. Um, and then I took a trip to Costa Rica teaching a primate studies course uh, for high school and college students. And then that was my first experience with Costa Rica and my first experience with sloths. That's awesome. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the Sloth Institute and what you do there? So the Sloth Institute was started in 2014. Um, and we, our, our mission is to enhance the welfare and conservation of sloths through research, through education, and also through actually rescuing, rehabilitating, and releasing them. So basically we try to tackle the problems that they face from uh, a multifaceted approach. We, we started pretty small as just a research project, basically to figure out how to release hand-raised orphan sloths, because previously it had been thought that sloths that had been hand-raised by humans could not be released back into the wild. But I was, current, I, I was previously working at a different rescue center, and, um, and that was when I first you know, experienced and was given a baby sloth to raise that had been orphaned. And after all of the sleepless nights, waking up every two hours, feeding these sloths and, you know, completely falling in love with them, I just thought to myself, there's literally no way I'm leaving them in a cage for the rest of their lives. Like, that's not why I did this. And so that's really why the Sloth Institute was started, was to learn as much as possible about sloths to be able to get them back into the wild successfully. And that's expanded into not just successfully rehabilitating and releasing orphan sloths, but also handicapped sloths, um, ones that have been badly injured through electrocution and dog attacks, 
And then also um, documenting this whole process so that we can share with others how we've done it. That's the research side. And we also um, try to make the habitat better for the sloths because they obviously face a lot of dangers in the wild because of humans. So we have different programs for that. We try to educate people about sloths and how to um, help them. And really, yeah, like I said, we just try and tackle every single thing we can because in, in short, we're obsessed with sloths and we would like to make sure they stay around forever and are happy <laughs> and healthy. Yeah, that's really amazing. And no, no wild animal wants to be in captivity forever. So you always want to figure out what's the best way to release them safely back into the wild. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's one thing people take for granted is they think sloths are really slow and lazy. So, oh, they'll be fine in a cage, but they're honestly some of the most unhappy creatures I've seen in cages, especially three fingered sloths. I think it stresses them out even more than some other animals that I've worked with. So it's extremely important um, for them to be free. Really? That's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. So going off of that, the defining characteristic of sloths is how slow they are. Um, So what makes them so slow? And does this actually give them an advantage in the wild? Yeah. So sloths have the slowest metabolism of any mammal. And so because of that, they're very slow. But then also they do not bring in a lot of calories from their diet. They're herbivores. Three-fingered sloths are strict herbivores, and two-fingered sloths are basically herbivores with potentially some opportunistic animal matter might be in their diet, like eggs or some kinds of insects. But three-fingered sloths are strict, strict herbivores. And so eating leaves in the forest, as delicious as they make it look, because they sure do enjoy them, uh, really does not bring in a lot of calories, so they can't exert a lot of calories. However, being slow is not just a way for them to conserve energy. It is also an excellent, excellent way to be invisible in the forest. And sloths, both kinds, are um, one of the number one prey species for a lot of different predators here in Costa Rica, like ocelots, for example. And by sloths being slow, they are extremely silent. I mean, we have um, a team of people watching sloths all the time, and they can... And they literally will be sitting there and watching a sloth for hours and hours on end. And if they look away for five minutes and the sloth decides to move in that five minutes, they can lose them very easily (laughs) and not be able to find them again because you cannot hear where they go because they're so good at being silent. And that really helps to make them invisible in the forest. And being invisible in the forest is really the way they avoid predators. Wow. Uh, You never really think that being slow is actually a way to avoid predators. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're basically just like sneaky little spies trying to get around the danger. <laughs> uh, do sloths have any other fe- uh, features that give them advantages in the wild? Sure, they have um, very amazing hair. So their hair, they have like three finger sloths, for example, have two different kinds of hair. They have a longer outer hair and then a short undercoat. And both of those kinds of hairs keep them very warm because. Um, even though it's the rainforest and it's generally pretty hot here in the rainy season in the middle of the night when it's raining a lot, it can actually get really, really cold, especially for a sloth. So that hair helps to insulate them and it helps to keep them dry. Um, it also helps to keep ants from getting on their skin and biting them and other insects that might sting them and hurt them. So their hair is really kind of like their shield. And it also is a, 
its own ecosystem. So a lot of other things live inside of their hair. So algae lives on their hair, different funguses live on their hair. Lots of different organisms can live in their hair. Beetles, there's a special sloth moth that you've probably heard of. Um, so all of those things are, the, the hair is a very, very important part for them. They're obviously excellent climbers. They're amazing swimmers, both kinds of sloths. So in the rainforest, for example, there's obviously there's lots of different bodies of water that can be in the rainforest. And especially if there's like a flash flooding of rain, the rivers can get really high. And so if a sloth were to fall in the river, if they didn't know how to swim, obviously they would drown. But since they do know how to swim, they, they're, they're fine. If they fall into a body of water, <laughs> they, it's also a really good way of getting through open gaps, natural open gaps in the rainforest by being able to swim. They, they're really good. Um, they have special tendons in their, their hands and feet that allow them to hang for really long periods of time without exerting any energy. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different amazing things about them. Three fingered sloths have more vertebrae, cervical vertebrae in their neck than a giraffe. All mammals have seven cervical vertebrae, which you might already know, including us, including giraffes, including elephants. The only ones that don't are manatees and sloths. Manatees have six, and then sloths can have between five and ten, and three-fingered sloths have between eight and ten. So they have more bones in their neck than a giraffe. Wow, I, I never knew that. <laughs> I know, it's really cool. <laughs> so, so kind of going off of what you were saying about them hanging upside down, how are they able to hang upside down for such long periods of time without all the blood rushing to their head or anything like that? Well, they do have um, special tissue inside of them that keeps their organs kind of in place for them to be able to hang upside down and not put too much pressure on their lungs and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that they, those, those tendons in their hands and legs are really super important. Their arms and legs are really super important because by having those, they exert almost no energy while hanging. So they can really essentially hang forever. It seems like, um, and it also makes those hands and feet extremely strong. Um, and that's a huge, huge advantage for them because that obviously makes them more secure when they're climbing It makes it so they don't exert any energy when they're hanging. And, um, it also means they're extremely good at pinching, which can be a problem. If you're, if you're work, if you have to handle them for rehabilitation, <laughs> you have to know what you're doing so you don't get hurt. Um, because there have definitely been times when we've accidentally been trying to restrain a sloth and they clamp down on one of your fingers and there's nothing you can do to get that hand off until they decide to take it off. And by then, like you can't feel your finger anymore. <laughs> that sounds um, painful. So you have to be really careful. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, they definitely can be very painful. <laughs> um, so do they ever really come down from the tree? I know that you mentioned um, that they, they're really good swimmers. Do they come down from the tree that they're in often, or do they spend most of their lives up there? Yeah, so they definitely spend most of their time at the tops of the trees. The tops of the trees are extremely important for them. Um, however, they do come down to the ground for a few things. The, the one main thing that's the super famous thing is that they come down to the ground to go to the bathroom, um, which a lot of people think is really crazy and weird. And why would they do that? And it's kind of one of those things that I think a lot of ecologists and people that don't work exclusively with sloths get most fascinated by because they think it's more dangerous for them to come down to the ground to go to the bathroom. But in my opinion, it's actually 
not necessarily more dangerous for them to come down to the ground um, because they have plenty of predators that, that can get them from up high and down low. And in actuality, when you watch sloths, especially for as long as we have, you see that again, going back to the being invisible and being silent thing, they are much more quiet coming down to the ground to go to the bathroom than if they were to do it from above. Because when you do it from above, I mean, it's like pouring a giant pitcher of water from the top of a tree. Like everyone <laughs> who's any, anyone who's any, who's nearby can hear that. So, um, I believe they actually probably do that in order to stay more quiet, but they will also come down to the ground if they need to cross a gap in the, in the forest, um, which in a natural forest isn't super common, but of course, in areas that have been fragmented from human encroachment into, into that forest. They have to do that more and more. And then that's where it really starts to get dangerous because on the ground, there's cars, there's dogs. Um, there's a lot of different human elements or just humans themselves that can snatch them up. So um, they will come down to the ground when they need to. They're really not as averse to it as I think people originally thought, but they do look a little bit strange when they're crawling on the ground versus when they're up high in the trees where they are you know, extremely adept at climbing. Yeah, and that's uh, that's really sad that they have to do that because it seems like they're they're really not well equipped to be crawling on the ground. They're they are the most comfortable in the tree. Absolutely, and it exerts a lot more energy to have to crawl on the ground versus climbing very effortlessly in the trees. Uh huh. Um, so, do sloths make good parents? Um. So, from everything we've seen, the the dads are pretty much non-existent in the, the lives of the babies. Mm -hmm. So I would have to say the dads are a little bit of deadbeats um, in the sloth <laughs> world. However, the moms um, are excellent parents. And again, going back to the, the need for them to conserve energy, they carry their children around with them. They, they carry their baby around with them um, for between six months to a year of their life. So for three finger sloths, it's usually for about six months out of their life. And for um, two finger sloths, it's the first year of their life. They're physically carrying their baby on them that whole time. And that's a lot of extra weight, especially like if you look at two fingered sloths, by the time they're a year old, they're half the body weight of the mom. Wow. So that's a lot of extra weight to have to carry around with you. And when you need to conserve energy, uh, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a lot of maternal investment. And even before they give birth, the gestation is relatively long. So in three finger sloths is six months. And in two finger sloths, the gestation is about 10 months, between 10 and 11 months. So that's longer than human gestation. So they really do um, put a lot of energy into their children. And I think they're, they're pretty excellent moms. Um, sometimes, I don't know if you've heard any stories, but Sometimes people like to say they think sloths, sloths are, are bad moms because they've seen sloths fall out, babies fall out of the tree and the mom doesn't come down to get them. And what I think they don't realize is that, um, one, there's, there, it might be hard for the mom physically to get down out of the tree. She has to have a clear path. And two, if there's a lot of people around and a lot of dangers around, she might feel like it's not safe enough for her to come down. But if the baby's crying, like we've reunited lots of sloth moms and babies, and it just really needs to be a calm situation where the baby cries so the mom can hear it, and absolutely they'll come down and get their baby. Well, that that's that's a lot of great dedication by the moms. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. 
So what role do sloths play in the ecosystems that they live in? Well, basically, I've already mentioned a few things. Like I said, their hair is home to a lot of other tinier creatures and organisms, Uh which is pretty important because it's like they basically have their own ecosystem in their hair. But also they uh, are, unfortunately for them, a really really important prey species for a lot of predators, which isn't my favorite thing to think about since I'm on, you know, I'm I'm the sloth (laughs) fan. I'm, you know, mom to surrogate mom to a lot of these creatures. So I don't really like to think about that as being one of their roles, but you know, circle of life and everything. It is an important Mm. part that they play uh, in the forest and for, you know, algae and fungus and things that are in their hair. They do also help transport it around the forest. So like a typical thing you might think of with a monkey is that they're seed dispersers, for example. So sloths, maybe don't travel as far through the forest as monkeys do to become substantial seed dispersers, but they do still travel around a lot faster than algae does, right? So they help distribute the algae through the forest and some of these beetles and moss and things that they help transport around the forest. So Yeah, I mean, that's re- that's really important. Mm-hmm. Obviously, sloths are kind of facing a lot of issues right now. Can you talk a little bit about uh, sloth selfies and why they're harmful to the sloths? Absolutely. Thanks for asking that question. Uh, So unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably noticed that sloths are extremely popular uh, right now in a lot of different cultures all over the world. And I get it. I mean, they're adorable. I am crazy obsessed with them. So I totally understand. Um, But sometimes the, the flip side to that is that people see them they think they're adorable and then that makes them want to be near them it makes them want to touch them it makes them want to take pictures with them because oh how cool do i look holding a sloth the problem is that by taking selfies with sloths you are supporting an industry that takes them out of the wild and puts them in a captive situation specifically for the purpose of making money off of those pictures and they become photo props and that's all that they are And this happens in a lot of different places. And basically every country where sloths exist, this happens. This has happened here in Costa Rica. We've rescued sloths from this. It happens um, in Honduras. It happens in Panama. It happens in Brazil. It happens in Suriname. I mean, it really happens in every country where sloths are found. And it happens in the United States. Sloths are brought from other countries and brought to the U.S. for people to take pictures with them. And it's a really big problem because, like like I've mentioned before, especially for three-fingered sloths, they do not survive well in captivity. So it's a never-ending cycle of getting sloths from the wild. Maybe they live a couple years in this industry, they die, and then they just go and get more. Um, and it's really sad because it takes their freedom away. And it's essentially, it's an industry that you're supporting because you think you like this animal. But if you really, truly cared about it, then you you wouldn't do this because you're you're supporting hurting them. Yeah, that's really sad. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they're not cats and dogs. They they don't belong in captivity with humans. They belong in the trees with nobody else around. Exactly. Yeah. So this is going to be my last question, by the way. Um, So are sloths facing any other challenges that are caused by humans? Yes. So 
Um, we have the selfies we talked about. Uh, here in Costa Rica, and especially in the town where, where we are in, there, I mean, the, the first and biggest problem for them is obviously habitat destruction, which I know habitat destruction is basically the biggest problem for all wildlife all over the world. Um, and that is true for sloths because, you know, entire forests can be destroyed for plantations or for building things. But even, but the thing that's unique about sloths is that even very minor habitat destruction can disturb their way of life. Um, for example, here in Manuel Antonio, um, it's, a place with beautiful beaches and um, rolling hills. And from the tops of the hills, looking out over the beach, everyone loves that view, right? I mean, everyone, like they yeah. just, people lose their minds because they think it's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. The problem is in order to get that view from certain buildings and houses and villas, trees have to be trimmed and trees have to be cut. And it's a never ending thing that happens every single season over and over again. And even just trimming certain parts of trees, if you don't do it correctly, it, it cuts the connection in the forest for the sloth. So they either have to come down to the ground um, to get to different parts. So for sloths, habitat destruction is really harmful on every level. And then they also, here in Mel Antonio, they get electrocuted by accidentally climbing on the power lines, which they're forced to do because of habitat destruction. They get attacked by dogs that are just running free or stray dogs. Um, so they have a lot of challenges facing them. Yeah, and it, you've shown how important they are to the ecosystem and how, why wouldn't we want these really adorable creatures around uh, so we can observe them from afar, you know? Absolutely. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so before you go, where can we find more information about the Sloth Institute? So we have a website, which is uh, theslothinstitute.org. And then you can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. And I really learned a lot about sloths and how important their conservation is. So thanks again, Sam. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That was such a cool interview. I really learned that everyone can play a part in the conservation of these animals. Sloths are being exploited because of their photogenic faces, but this is causing a major issue for them. It's up to us to put an end to this by not supporting these businesses. Also, you should absolutely check out the Sloth Institute. Some other organizations that you can also take a look at are the Sloth Conservation Foundation and the Sloth Sanctuary. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of sloths. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at www.onwildlife.org. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray, brought to you every Wednesday.